honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Hello again, Timberwolves fans. Are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and TuneIn Radio, and of course, many others out there. Thank you once again for joining me today, as the Minnesota Timberwolves had an okay week. Not too bad. I believe I predicted this, though the games were a little different, but same record. Minnesota went 2-2. Two and two. As an old friend of mine, in case he's listening, Nicholas Borbum used to say, could be worse, right? So, yeah, it could be worse, considering how the season has gone up and down. Uh, Minnesota Timberwolves' backcourt, lots of fun to watch. We're certainly a lot more entertaining to watch nowadays. Sometimes the defense does not apply, and of course, Carl Anthony Towns recovering from a hand injury. And, well, gee, uh, Steph Curry took 58 games to come back from his non-shooting hand, you know, from breaking his non-shooting hand back on October 30th, which... You just put that in perspective, and you just, uh, okay. You know what I mean? You just say, okay, that's that's nice. <laughs> I can't believe how long that takes. Non-shooting hand. I mean, it's a shooting hand, and he's Steph Curry. Okay, maybe. Non-shooting hand? I don't know. Carl Anthony Towns, non-shooting wrist? Okay. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I, I, we'll see. We'll see if he comes back at all. But uh, it'd be nice to see a little chemistry building between D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. I'm sure they'll be just fine. Nice chemistry building, though, with uh, a lot of the new guys that are here. Obviously, D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley. I almost called him Michael Beasley. Yuck. Malik Beasley. I'll take him any day over the other one. And how about James Johnson? What a nice passer. Looks like Magic Johnson out there in some of the plays he did against Chicago and such. What a nice passer that guy is. Uh, I'd love to have him back with the Wolves, maybe not at the current price. Is it is it Hernan Gomez? Yeah, I suppose it is. Wancho. I guess that's his nickname, Wancho. So I guess I'll call him Wancho, even though I'm not a huge nickname guy. That one's kind of cool. Uh, yep, so let's just call him Wancho. That's what he likes to go by. So there you go. Minnesota Timberwolves, we're open things up with four games to review, three games to preview. The Wolves lose to Orlando, 136-125. And like I said, defense does not apply, unfortunately. But it was an entertaining game for the most part. For the most part. Uh, James Johnson just continues to shine. 17 points off the bench. Very, very solid performance. Liked what I saw. Jake Lehman just continuing to get better and better, healthier and healthier, this and that. Malik Beasley, he's kind of in and out with the shooting, but when his shooting is on, he's so deadly. This game, he's just, you know, just okay. 17 points, but D'Angelo Russell with that silky smooth three-point shot. And overall, I keep wanting to call him the Silver Fox, but he's the Blue Fox. He's not old enough to be called a Silver Fox. He's, what, 23 years old, so can't call a 23-year-old a Silver Fox. <laughs> So he's the blue fox, and he's one heck of a blue fox with that silky smooth game out there. Uh, Wolves shot well for the most part in this game, I'd have to say. Almost 50%. 38% from downtown. 44 attempts. That's kind of the three-point watch. The free throws, you think Andrew Wiggins is still on the roster with, uh, you know, 66%. That's kind of lame. Two-thirds of their threes going, or shots going. If their threes went in at that pace, that'd be great. One show with a rare double-double because it just doesn't rebound all that much sometimes. But in this game, he did. Again, a very entertaining game to watch. Watch, pardon me. Orlando's five games under 500, yet they're the seventh seed in the East and second place in the Southeast Division, which says something. Uh, the East is very top-heavy, but very bottom-weak. 
I guess you could say. Uh, you know, it's entertaining, but unfortunately, you know, the Magic just kind of took care of business. Terrence Ross, who's one of those kind of guys, are just, he can get hot sometimes. I mean, he's had a 50-point game in his career. He's more of a sixth-man type of guy, kind of like uh, kind of like Williams over there in, uh, with, with the Clippers, formerly with Philadelphia and such. Obviously can uh, have his great moments, this and that. Kind of a natural score. Even like Jamal Crawford at times can go off like that. Uh, Terrence Ross certainly went off in this one. He was inside game, outside game. 25 attempts from the floor. He was nailing threes at a pretty damn good pace. About 50%. Just under 50%. Crazy. And athletic plays, reverse layups, dunks. One thing after another. Again, defense did not apply. And that was frustrating to watch. Uh, Vucevic got pretty much what he wanted the entire game. Two-thirds of his shots went in. Basically, obviously close to the basket. But... Well, 27-10-5, I guess, hello, Kevin Garnett. I guess you could say that. He always used to brag about the 20-10-5, which are amazing statistics. It's those Larry Bird kind of numbers. But uh, at the end of the day, again, it was frustrating to lose in this fashion. But at least the Magic were entertaining to watch. There's no question about that. 12 assists from two-time dunk champ runner-up Aaron Gordon, poor guy. Ah, oh, you know. <laughs> Seven assists from Markel Fultz, part of the... The, the process, trusting the process in Philadelphia, but they didn't trust his process enough because he was always hurt. Uh, he's been okay for the Magic this year. He's, he's been okay, but I mean, he's certainly nowhere near being a, a top five pick in the lottery. Uh, I don't know. It's just one of those games. You just kind of move on. Just another, just chalk up another L on that side of the... <laughs> just chalk up another one for the, for the loss column for the Minnesota Timberwolves in that one. March the 1st, we host the Dallas Mavericks and... Kristaps Porzingis showed up. It was a unicorn show. It really was. I mean, he did everything he wanted, pretty much. Especially those catch-and-shoot threes from way, way out there. Like, God, like 25 feet away or more. He was nailing them. And I guess we can call it the top of the key. I guess we can. Call it the top of the arc, top of the key, whatever it is. But way up there. <clears throat> I always thought the top of the key was the circle beyond the three-point, uh, beyond the free-throw line, like a high school three-pointer. But I guess it's an NBA 3-2, if you want to call it that. He was way out there, though. And the Wolves lose by 20 in a game where, again, did defense apply in this one? I guess a little bit, but Seth Curry looking like his brother, yeah, kind of. Kind of. I mean, yeah, he still won it with 27 points. Starting a point guard in the game, did a damn good job. To be honest, J.J. Barea wound up with seven assists in the game. Feel good for him. <clears throat> Tim Hardaway Jr., who I think would fit in nicely with the Wolves at the small forward position. But I suppose we have like nine small forwards, but they're like kind of playing every other position. At the end of the day, they're guys that you kind of think of as a power forward, like James Johnson and Hernan Gomez. Hernan Gomez looks like a power forward, but his height isn't really, you know, all that great. That's why he doesn't get a trillion rebounds. Same with uh, James Johnson. Double J, basically, you could call him. But uh, Tim Hardaway, obviously, filling in a nice role with the Mavericks. Porzingis just absolutely destroyed us in this game, and, you know, took on the responsibility with no Luka Doncic, much to the chagrin of Minnesota Timberwolves fans in this game. I'm sure wanted to see him play. Wanted to see Jalen Brunson, too, maybe, as well. And, uh, well, kind of is what it is. Michael Kidd-Grillchrist just kind of vanished off the face of the earth. Remember, he was once thought of as being a pretty good player, but two and a half minutes for the Mavericks in garbage time. Ouch. Ouch. Courtney Lee, a guy, me, and Marcus, the forecaster, always uh, had, like, a... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> almost had like a fetish for it. Like, oh God, we got to get him on the walls. We got to get him. We got to get him. Yeah, 20 minutes of hardly anything. But Perzingis, if you like unicorns, uh, if you like them, he was nailing them. Uh, he missed a number of threes as well. But 
Anytime you thought the Wolves were going to semi get back in the game, Porzingis just went out there and did his thing and destroyed the Timberwolves 38 points. Frustrating night. Uh, Malik Beasley also did not shoot well. D'Angelo Russell did not shoot well. Wolves did not shoot well, generally speaking, in this game. 36%, and that's why we only went up with 91 points. Mavericks defense was good, and honestly, Kristaps Porzingis is looked on as a very damn good defensive player, and he is. Uh, Nas Reed was relegated to 4 of 13. He did get 12 rebounds, and Hernan Gomez, or shall we just call him Juancho, wound up with 12 rebounds as well. So nice to see him getting back-to-back double-doubles. That's encouraging. Culver against his Texas team there actually had one of his better games, 50% from everywhere in general, three-pointers and from the floor in general, 12 points off the bench. Actually really liked this game from Jared Culver. He was one of the few bright signs in this game, to be quite honest, because just about everyone else shot terribly. Just just wasn't their night. I mean, everybody. Jordan McLaughlin was kind of invisible. Lehman was mediocre at best. James Johnson was kind of, kind of ghost-like in this game. Uh, D'Angelo and Malik Beasley shot about 30%. I mean, yuck. You're not going to win games like that at the end of the day. So, well, they both shot 33%. Yay. They made one-third of their shots, which, you know, could be worse, but sure as hell could be better, too. Just wasn't a good night for the Wolves, and Brzingis dominated the Wolves in this game. 18,000 people, though, showed up at Target Center. That's pretty good uh, for a Monday night. Not bad. Nope, Sunday night, pardon me. Sunday night in Target Center. Sunday night in Target Center. Good crowd, and they got to see a pretty good basketball team make us look bad, even without their overall best player, as good as Przingis is, because he's an, he's an awesome player, and when you think about Przingis and Luka Doncic, it's a damn good team. We'll move forward here with, again, four games to, to, to review. Tuesday, the 3rd of March. This was fun to watch. This was very fun to watch. Minnesota and New Orleans. Back and forth. Again, I'm going to say it for the 99th time this show. Defense does not apply. I guess that's going to probably be the title of this episode, unless I come up with something randomly as we go forward. Because uh, sometimes I just go with the flow. And this time I'm going with the flow, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, Wancho, one up with eight rebounds. He's been playing very well, generally speaking. And a lot of people like him. A lot of people see him as a pretty good find for Gerson Rosas. He was a relative unknown, I'd have to say. It's like, yeah, you see his name here and there. But you don't really think about Wancho Herman Gomez. You just don't. Hernan, Hernan Gomez. I keep calling him Herman. It's Hernan Gomez. Uh, Josh Okogie, I thought, this whole week played very solidly. Uh, to say the least. Uh, Malik Beasley made up for a pretty poor shooting night and absolutely dominated against the New Orleans Saints. No, the uh, New Orleans Pelicans. I'm just kidding. And this was in the Bayou, as you like to call it. 11 of 13. He was dominant. He was hitting his threes. He was attacking the basket. He was doing a little bit of everything. He was uh, making good plays back and forth. D'Angelo Russell, when he makes his shots, are so crisp, as Marcus the Forecaster used to say. I mean, just crisp. The way, he would ju- the way he just releases it, and it just goes right down. I mean, there is a beautiful arc to that shot. It's just, unfortunately, some games, it's just not falling. Like, the arc is there, the release is there, but the result is not. Uh, that's where the frustration comes in, generally speaking. But, you know, we're all human, I suppose, and so, so is D'Angelo Russell. He was very human in this game, even though he had some great moments as well. J- uh, Jared Culver's, again, solid game, very solid game for him off the bench, 5 of 8. 19 minutes again. His role is what it is at this moment. I'm not sure what his role is going to be long-term for this team, and when you take him sixth overall and you trade up and all that, it's kind of a bummer, but it's a crying shame the Wolves couldn't have gotten D'Angelo Russell from the get-go. Or maybe you wind up with the other guy, but I guess I suppose if uh, 
<laughs> if, if we wound up with uh, Garland, then who knows? Who knows what the approach would have been with this franchise? Would we still have chased D'Angelo Russell? Who knows? But, uh, well, well, we'll never know now. James Johnson continues to play very solid. Again, five assists in the game. And again, I love this guy's passing skills. I love his game. You'd be a cool teammate, I gotta think. Uh, absolutely. Jordan McLaughlin, very solid game off the bench. This was just entertaining, kind of up and down the court basketball. New Orleans was getting some points in this game that were like, okay, can we please put a body on somebody or please get the bleep and rebound? Because, yeah. <laughs> a guy by the name of Zion Williamson, Mount Zion, as you might want to call him. Three offensive rebounds, every one of those counted for points. No question about that, obviously. And there were a lot of offensive rebounds by the uh, New Orleans Pelicans in this game. 13, which was slightly frustrating. The Wolves, 10. It could be a lot worse. But I do think, uh, I don't know, it's just New Orleans played a hell of a game, but the Wolves had an awesome run in the fourth quarter. It went 20-5, to five, and the Wolves pull away for the win. But, man, I mean, again, these, these Pelicans just had their way for the longest time until that big run by the Wolves that ended up saving the day. Brandon Ingram looks like a future star, obviously, Zion Williamson, and even Lonzo Ball, that's Finrock Vinstermano's guy right there. A little bit crazy at times, getting the turnovers, but still a very solid game. It's an interesting backcourt they got there with Drew Holiday and Lonzo Ball, accounting for 20 assists. That's a damn good performance by those two guys. 20 assists by Lonzo Ball and Drew Holiday. Derek Favors also, you know, kind of still hanging around and starting and having a solid game, but nothing spectacular. Jill Okafor got a DNP. Ouch. Jill Okafor, DNP. Ugh. That, that, that sucks. That sucks. A guy who could have gone number one overall in the draft in 2015, but sometimes that's just how it goes. Loved this game, though. Very entertaining basketball. Nice to see Nas Reed getting uh, 14 rebounds in the game. Looked a lot better in this one versus going against like Vucevic or something, who absolutely, you know, beat the crap out of him, unfortunately, and Porzingis at times as well. Made him look bad, but uh, Nas Reed can play in this league, absolutely. Uh, it's nice to see him rebounding the ball because he's probably he's the biggest guy on the floor right now. He actually has a little bit of weight on him and a little bit of strength compared to some of these other guys that are skinny and six foot eight. They can't even, you know, most of them are barely even a power forward at all. And that's all you got. I mean, it's kind of sad. Obviously, James Johnson's a very tough guy, but he's not a very tall guy to play any type of power forward center position. So, and I don't know. If, if you want to go small ball, that's your choice, but uh, you can't go small ball all the time. I, I just don't see it. I mean, you're not going to survive against the Anthony Davises of the world. He's going to destroy you for like 40 points every time. Every time. And that, that's just an average game for him. It wouldn't even be like, oh, what a game by... Anthony Davis would be like, yeah, well, what'd you expect? He was just, you know, going right over everybody and out-muscling and out-powering everybody, out-positioning everybody. And that's my fear going in the future with any type of small ball. I gotta expect some size being added to the Timberwolves in the offseason, the draft night, free agency, all the above, if free agency exists anymore. But I guess it kind of still does. I'm sure it still does. But, uh, yeah, it's not like we have a, uh, a billion dollars of cap space. Again, though, very, very, very entertaining up-and-down-the-floor type of game. Some threes, some attack in the basket. It was a little bit of everything. Uh, a little bit of everything. If you like three-point shots, you got that. You like what I like, slashing to the hoop and dunking on people. Or, you know, so a little bit of mid-range game here and there, too. Uh, I, I like guys that slash to the hoop a lot. And, you know, some big-man game as well. You got a little bit of everything in this game. And, boy, that was a lot of scoring. A lot of scoring. Uh, 139-134. Nice win by Minnesota. In fact, this one got some recognition by some people out there like, that was a good game. 
And Malik Beasley's talking again about how we're one of the best teams in the league. Just people just don't know it yet. I hope you're right, Malik, because obviously 18 wins this uh, on March 3rd doesn't look so good. But it's not it's not all your fault, of course. You were not getting the playing time you probably deserved in Denver because you're buried behind multiple players. So uh, it is what it is. Gary Harris and uh, again. Jamal Murray, one of my favorite players in the league. So, it just kind of is what it is there. <clears throat> Minnesota Timberwolves come back to Target Center for a little revenge of, uh, versus Chicago. They always seem to struggle against this team, especially in Chicago, which is annoying. Stupid uh, Zach Levine always kicks our butts, but uh, not in this game. No Zach Levine, no, no, no Zach Levine in this one, much to the chagrin of many Minnesota Timberwolves fans. No Przingis with Dallas, or excuse me, no Doncic versus Dallas, and no Zach Levine versus Chicago. Probably frustrated a lot of people, and they're probably like, well, that's why we beat them, because there's no Zach Levine. Well, okay, well, beat them anyway. There's no Carl Anthony Towns either. Gee, I feel so bad for the Bulls, because, yeah. So, <laughs> some would say the Wolves are better off without Carl Anthony Towns this year. The win-loss record with him was pretty pretty lousy. Malik Beasley, another very solid game. 50% from downtown, a little bit over 50, generally speaking. D'Angelo Russell did not shoot very well this week. He just didn't, and he was very sloppy in this game. Actually, I think it was a generally sloppy week for D'Angelo Russell. He was a little bit more on the clumsy side than the uh, than the Blue Fox this week, unfortunately. So, the Little Beast versus Malik, uh, versus Michael Beasley, the Beast. This is the Little Beast, I guess you could call him now. The Little Beast was definitely much that most of this week, despite a couple of poor shooting uh, games, generally speaking. But Nas Reed just continues to play well, and I liked what I saw in this one as well. Uh, the only game he really didn't do particularly well against was Orlando, and you're going against Vucevic. Like, that's that's the definition of a big man in today's league. That guy can play against anybody, and he's been around for a while, obviously, going back to the the other Nikola, Nikola Pekovic. And I always said, we have the wrong Nikola, because Vucevic is a hell of a player. Though I would take Pekovic right now to help out uh, with Carl Anthony Towns. That would be awesome. Absolutely awesome. Again, James Johnson with a couple of spectacular plays in this game. I loved what I saw from him. Uh, the guy can really play. <laughs> it's a beautiful, beautiful effort from him in this one. Some great passes, and it was a tic-tac-toe type of play. James Johnson just leading up to D'Angelo Russell, who <laughs> literally caught it and flipped it behind the back to Malik Beasley for a dunk. I mean, that was absolutely beautiful. One of my favorite type of plays. That's the kind of basketball I love. I don't like just predictable, just rotate around, and kick it out for three. Oh, he missed. Get the rebound. Kick it back out to someone for three again. You know, that's just, you know, it's too predictable. It's it's cute and everything, especially when you get to do all your little shimmy, shimmy, shimmy. No, I, I hate that crap. I really hate it, actually. Um, and I'm not the only person. There's a lot of people that hate it. Uh, it's okay to shoot threes. It's okay. Maybe be a little more respectful when you do, when you when you, when you make your shots. Slightly more respectful would be appreciated. But also at the same time, again, it's nice to have the whole repertoire. You can shoot your threes, 43 attempts, but attacking the hoop and some nice plays up the court. I mean, moving the ball up the court, up-tempo style. I like that. I like it a lot. As long as it's us making the shots, not the other team. Like us getting schooled in transition is no fun. So why don't we be the team schooling the other one in transition? Makes it feel a hell of a lot better. Again, D'Angelo Russell, when his shots go in, they're gorgeous. But, again, kind of a sloppy week for him, I'd have to say. D'Angelo Russell, where the little beast, I think, stood out a little bit bigger throughout the course of this week. And Nas Reed, very, very honorable mention at the end of the day as we head into the weekly awards, because he was very strong most of the week. 
very strong. But I did think the guy that led this week, generally speaking, was Malik Beasley. He will get the Alva Wolf Award at the end of the day. Again, a very solid week for Jarrett Culver, too. I, I like to see pretty much double digits every game. Uh, about 20 minutes, 19 to 21 minutes. So basically, the average out to 20 minutes a game for Jared Culver. Very solid week, I'd have to say, for the young man. Keep bulking up, keep working on your game, and make them make them have to play you 35 minutes a game, which would be nice. Uh, I'd, I'd love to see Culver reach his potential because I know there's something there. And obviously, he can shoot a little bit. Uh, three of six from downtown? That's not bad. Obviously, there's something there. There is something there. You keep working on it, you're going to get better. You're going to get better. I mean, you're just a young guy, a super young guy. There's no question that uh, you can improve in this league. Uh, some guys, it just never happens. Like Ricky Rubio, for some reason, it just never happened. And every time you thought it was happening, it didn't. It actually wasn't happening. It was just a mirage. And I'm not trying to bash the guy. I'm just giving you my honest opinion. And, well, you saw the game, that type of stuff. You know, the old, uh, the old Mike Zimmer approach. You saw the game. Because you did see it. The guy missed, the, you know, the guy's career percentage is like 38%. So, it is what it is. <sighs> it is what it is. Kobe White has been on a an, an influential run, 20-point game after 20-point game after 20-point game, and good to see him. Uh, the young Kobe, you could say Kobe White, made half of his shots. 26 points off the bench. Very strong game for him. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. Uh, maybe, you know, <laughs> and I guess it's Kobe White versus... Jared Culver a bit, and it was good to see a little bit of that, but Kobe White certainly had the better game of the two, but Jared Culver definitely showed up a bit as well, and Otto Porter is alive. He didn't play particularly well. Obviously, he's probably rusty as an old... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he's probably rusty as a fishpole. That's been, that's been uh, down at the bottom of the lake for a year. I mean, he's pretty rusty. Forgive the weird uh, thought process there, but... Uh, one of eight from the floor. Good to see him back. He's been out since I don't know when. I don't even remember. I don't even remember. <laughs> Daniel Gafford sounds more like an actor from the 1940s, but God bless him. That's what that name sounds like. Daniel Gafford. Daniel Gafford and Cary Grant starring in <laughs> The Nutty Professor Point Five. Okay, I don't know. I'm just silly. <laughs> the Nutty Professor Point Five. Because remember, the original Nutty Professor was a basketball one, wasn't it? old, like, 1950s basketball players and stuff, bouncing with that flubber. No, or, yeah. I think that's what that was. I'm losing my mind. I deeply apologize. I don't know what's on my mind right now, but uh, a fun game, fun, solid game. Nice to see Nas Reed get a couple of blocks. I mean, this is what you want out of your center. 16 points, 11 rebounds, even add some assists with three of them and two blocks. I mean, hey, that's, a, that's what you want out of your center. And... Man, it'd be nice to get that type of performance at center, starting, starting at center with Carl Anthony Towns at the four. Or, yeah, at the four. I mean, I just think that's better. I think Carl Anthony Towns would spread his wings and fly. I think he'd average 27 points a game. I think his rebounds would be higher, not lower. I think his blocks would be higher, not lower. And his three-point percentage would be probably higher, not lower. You'd get a little bit of everything out of Carl Anthony Towns. He would spread his wings and fly if you have a nice, big powerful center who can get a double-double on a regular basis to go along with him in the middle and block some shots, this and that. You got some hope. I'm not sure Nas Reed is a very strong defensive player, but if we could get somebody in the middle who is, well, there you go. If Nas Reed wants to be that guy, go get it, Nas. Go and take it. <laughs> go and take it. And that's basically what there is to say there. As for the Johnny Flynn Memorial, 
I don't know. I mean, it didn't, is there really any reason to bash anybody uh, in this in this week? And I, I know, it's like you don't want to take the softy approach. D'Angelo Russell did not shoot very well this week, but I'm not going to be passing it out to him. Jake Lehman's toe maybe will get it because he's a lot more rusty. He's not he's not as sharp as he was before the toe injury. Maybe we'll give it to Jake Lehman's toe for this week at the end of the day. I mean, Keelan Martin, he's, he, he, he did not play poorly. Uh, he had limited minutes of the poor guy. He's like the 10th man right now. God bless him. I, I'd love to see him have a long, successful NBA career, and God knows he's a good friend of D'Angelo Russell, which could be could possibly be job security as long as he keeps playing a, a good, solid role for the Wolves. Um, I'm certainly not giving James Johnson any James Shepard uh, Memorial. That's hockey. Uh, Johnny Flynn Memorial. Pardon me. McLaughlin, solid most of the week. I like uh, I like what he does out there. Culver, very solid. Beasley, solid. Okogi. Hernan Gomez, I mean, Hernan Gomez, I'm not going to give anybody really anything here. I'm just going to give it to uh, Jake Lehman's toe, because uh, it's made him rusty. I'm not going to give it to Lehman, I'm going to give it to his toe, because he's, you know, he, he hasn't he hasn't been as sharp. He just hasn't been. It, 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 when you're out for months like that, you're not going to be. Even Steph Curry shot poorly yesterday, finally coming back. Since October 30th, on a non-shooting hand injury, October 30th. I don't remember guys missing 58 games for having a broken non-shooting hand, but I don't know. It's welcome to the welcome to sports these days, I guess. And uh, <laughs> most of you know what I'm talking about. I'm not big in that big of an ass, I would hope. With that said, we'll take a quick break. We got three games to preview, including the Orlando Magic again. Oh, goody! The Little Beast. Do you like that? Do you like that? We are back on Timberwolves Explosion Preview Segment. Three games to preview, if humanly possible. If humanly possible. Minnesota Timberwolves will tip off against the Orlando Magic tonight, March the 6th. I can't believe it's March the 6th already. Friday, March the 6th. March 8th, my brother's 42nd birthday against the New Orleans Pelicans. Sunday afternoon, 2.30 p.m. And then a 7 o'clock affair in Houston, Texas on March the 10th, Tuesday. Wolves don't play again until Friday <clears throat> against OKC, and of course that'll be on next week's show. That'll be a four-game show. Wow, busy, busy schedule, but welcome to the NBA, of course, post-All-Star break. We get to play the second place in the Southeast Division. Orlando Magic were eight games below 500. <clears throat> it is a home game, so hopefully the Wolves could take care of business here and actually win three games in a row. Wouldn't that be nice? Why not? Why not? Uh, we played okay last time around. It wasn't the worst game ever. It wasn't the best game ever either between these two teams. Vucevic leading the club in scoring with 19.4. Fournier, Fournier can gake about 41% from downtown. Terrence Ross can get hotter than you know what out there. <clears throat> kind of like Lou Williams, basically. Aaron Gordon's obviously a supreme athlete. Markel Fultz is a guy who's finally semi-coming into his own, but not really. About 12 points and 5 assists a game. This and that. A team that can play some defense. A team that's tough out there. They don't get a ton of blocks except for Jonathan Isaac, who, of course, is a crying shame. He's out for the season. A crying shame. Love that guy. It is kind of a mess, kind of a weird team, and if they make the playoffs, they're not going to do a whole lot, obviously. They're going to get beat pretty quick, i got to think, versus Boston, versus Toronto, versus whoever at the end of the day. Uh, don't think they'll be playing the Bucks, but well, actually, yeah, of course there's a good chance they could play the Bucks if they wind up with the eight seed, and then it'll be get the brooms out, at least I would hope so. 
because I would hope the Bucks could take care of business in a quick time. I think the Timberwolves win this game. What do you think of that? How about, how's, how's that for pos- uh, positivity? I think the Timberwolves win this game. I actually like the way the Wolves played the last couple of games. I think it'll be slightly higher scoring than last time around. We're not going to get 91 points, I would hope. Well, that was against the Mavericks, but like still a low-scoring affair versus the Orlando Magic last time around. 125, okay, so it wasn't that low-scoring. I think this time we get about 125 again and keep the Magic down to 120, and the Minnesota Timberwolves end up winning the game. D'Angelo Russell will lead the way with 30. I, I expect a, I expect a better performance from him after a sloppy week. I expect something like 30 points, 9 assists. Hopefully we can keep the turnovers down to 2 or so in this one. Uh, Malik Beasley just uh, averaging 20 points a game again, which is something I am expecting out of him. Uh, my expectations are high for Malik Beasley. He's having an awesome season with the Minnesota Timberwolves in 11 games, about 21 and a half a game, 44% from downtown, 47% from the floor, almost 48 actually, 47 and a half. He's been absolutely great, Malik Beasley, and I know he's heading into restricted free agency and the Timberwolves are going to have to cough up some cash to keep him, obviously. Somebody might try to make some kind of a, an offer sheet on him, but i got to think the Wolves are going to keep Malik Beasley, and I think we have every reason to do that. He obviously is... You know, he's, he's got diamond in the, in the rough in him. Uh, is he a future all-star in this league? I don't know, but <laughs> he's sure playing like one right now. He's, he's playing like at least like an all-star reserve type of guy at the shooting guard position. At least a guy who deserves some kind of consideration at that position <clears throat> in the future, into next season. If he if he plays at this clip, if this really is who he is, then wow, we, we, we really found a diamond in the rough, and, this is gonna, and that's going to go down as one of the better trades in Timberwolves history, if not the best, at the end of the day. Obviously, D'Angelo Russell for Andrew Wiggins could be a very good trade as well, but of course, uh, you could be looking at a very high draft pick going to the Golden State Warriors. So, there is that too. They are going to get a very high draft pick this year, and they could be getting a very high draft pick next year as well. To go along with, uh, at the time, he'll be a 33-year-old Steph Curry, so you got to put that into perspective as well. Maybe kind of like what the Spurs did as they got older and older, then they got, you know, extremely... You know, let's just say extremely fortunate, but also some damn good scouting. Getting a guy by the name of Kawhi Bleeping Leonard, a little-known guy who <laughs> ended up surprising a lot of people with how solid he was right away. And then little did we know just how big of a star he would become in about three years' time. <clears throat> the guy went from a, a really good player, like, okay, he's the best player on the team. A lot of the other guys are getting older. He's super young. He's very quiet. And the next thing you know, two, three years later, he's maybe the best player in the league. You know, like top three player in all of basketball. So there is that kind of stuff. Hopefully that does not happen with the Warriors. That's just my hope. I don't think people want to see them winning championships like time and time again in the next ten years, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I hope not. So there is that fear about the Timberwolves going in the future, but I do think the Wolves win 125-120, and D'Angelo Russell, I'm expecting a much better performance. He actually played pretty well against the Orlando Magic early on. Get that silky silky smooth blue fox out there, hitting his shots and playing a good, solid game. Um, New Orleans Pelicans, I mean, this schedule looks familiar, doesn't it? Like, we just played both of these teams. It's kind of funny. An extremely entertaining game last time around, and this and that one was in New Orleans, so a very uh, very <laughs> good win for the Minnesota Timberwolves, one of their better wins of the season at the end of the day, considering how porous our uh, road record was early on in the season and really the whole way. New Orleans did beat the Wolves in Target Center back on December the 18th. This is the rubber match on my brother's birthday, <clears throat> and 
Why not? Why not expect the Wolves to get to four wins in a row? I mean, could it be? Could this be our best stretch of basketball this season? Four wins in a row for the Minnesota Timberwolves. <clears throat> I'm going with yes. New Orleans has not been playing particularly well. They are one and four in their last five. They lost to the Lakers. They beat Cleveland. Woohoo! And they lost to the Lakers again. They lost to the Timberwolves. That's right. And they got beat by the Mavericks by only four. That's actually pretty good. Uh, pretty pretty entertaining game right there as well in Dallas, 127-123. That's not bad at all. But I think the Wolves reached four wins in a row. How's that for positivity? How is that for positivity? I think this is going to be yet another entertaining night. James Johnson, double-double. Nas Reed's going to have a nice night. It's hitting, it's hitting his threes. There'll be four three-pointers. I want to see Jared Culver come out and score at 15 points. Wouldn't that be great? I, w- I would love to see that. Uh, I wish he did that. <laughs> I wish he had 20 points against uh, Kobe White, but unfortunately that just wasn't meant to be. Of course, one of the draft night rivals, you could say, with uh, him and uh, Garland as well. That 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 three, those three point guards or point guards slash shooting guards, Culver, uh, at the end of the day, kind of uh, going at it there in the top of the <laughs> in the top six of the NBA draft there. So we'll see, we'll see. Entertaining game, without a doubt, top seven in the NBA draft. Part of me with Kobe White there. Uh, I do think Minnesota does win this game, though. I think the Wolves get their 21st win of the year, so we'll be 21-42. and 42. We'll have half as many wins as losses, but we'll get to that, at least. D'Angelo Russell, I'm just, you know, this one I'm expecting Malik Beasley to be kind of the more of the star player like he was last time around. He had a hell of a game against the New Orleans Pelicans, and I expect more of the same. Or was that actually against the... <laughs> he had a lot of... Uh, his, his, his best game of the week was against the Bulls, but generally speaking... I'm expecting another solid night for the Timberwolves' backcourt, generally speaking, and James Johnson to show uh, to show up along with Nas Reed. But Minnesota ends up winning the game. It's not going to be as high scoring as last time around. That was crazy. The Wolves win something along the likes of 122 to, it's going to be close, 122-120, kind of going right down to the wire. A uh, couple free throws late in the game by D'Angelo Russell kind of helped the Wolves win, and he gets to 28 points. Malik Beasley to 33 at the end of the day. I have a feeling Beasley's going to really show up in this one and continue to show Minnesota who they have and who we're going to want to keep, regardless of how big the offer sheet might be from another team, if that does happen at the end of the day. But Minnesota <laughs> wins two wins two games this week, four in a row overall. And then we head to Houston, Texas, which we all know it's going to happen there, right? It's not because Houston's this great team, but the Wolves never beat the Houston Rockets. We just, well, okay, we beat them once in a while, but I don't think we're going to win in Houston. I don't think so. Uh, I don't like the Houston Rockets. I don't think a lot of people do. Back in the day, I loved them. Sam Cassell, Robert Ory, Hakeem Olajuwon, <laughs> Vernon, Ma- okay, maybe not him as much. Okay, yeah, he was he was good, but he was crazy. Talk about a guy with a chip on his shoulder. But uh, the Rockets lead three games to zero, and I think that's gonna, they're going to pull out the brooms once again. Uh, Minnesota and Houston is just not a good matchup. It's just not good. 20-point loss on November the 16th, 30-point loss on January 11th, and a very respectable six-point loss on January 24th, very recently, well, kind of recently, semi-recently. This one is going to be, <clears throat> it's not going to be good. Uh, I think it's going to be a 20-point loss, possibly 129, 130 to 110, something like that. Not trying to be an ass, not trying to be negative, but the Wolves are not going to beat the Houston Rockets. Houston Rockets are the best scoring team in the league. They're averaging 119 a game. They're going to get 130 against this up-and-down Minnesota defense. Uh, obviously, yep, this is the only team we haven't played recently, even though it's kind of recent, but it is over a month ago still. Houston Rockets are playing all right. They've lost two in a row to the Clippers and the Knicks. 
the Knicks. Yep. And I always think about the 94 finals, Knicks and Rockets. I loved that series. And you hear from local radio hosts saying how that was like the worst series ever. I liked it. He went seven games and there were three pointers made in that series. So I don't know. You think it's just grinded out boring basketball. Oh, it's, oh, basketball was so boring back then with Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, David Robinson. Should I, should I, should I keep going? Dennis Rod? It, it was really boring. You think boy basketball was boring in the 90s? The 90s made basketball what it is today. They made the meal ticket for these guys. Are you kidding me? Those guys were the meal ticket for this for this generation. Are you kidding? So I will not tell you that in a heartbeat. And you know what? The Houston Rockets had an NBA record three-pointers in that series. And John Starks made a lot of threes. Ron Harper made a lot of threes as well for the New York Knicks. So I, I don't know. When I hear that, I get kind of, like, I just kind of roll my eyes, like, were you actually watching, or are you just bored because it had Patrick Ewing and Hakeem Olajuwon? Yeah, and yeah, Hakeem Olajuwon's real boring. Oh boy, he was so boring in that series. Oh, he just stood there and just kind of, he just did the like 1959 style basket. No, he didn't. He <laughs> the dream shake. All the moves he made in that series. Patrick Ewing's kind of, you know, Patrick Ewing had kind of a Kevin Garnett style game. A lot of mid-range shots and such. Um, Patrick Ewing was actually quite similar to Kevin Garnett, believe it or not, offensively. Garnett and Ewing were actually kind of similar. Watch them watch them play. Go ahead and watch YouTube clips, since that's all we have nowadays. Or maybe NBA TV, if there's old, old basketball on there, with one as Patrick Ewing, one as Garnett over the course of time. And uh, tell me they're not similar. Their, their offensive game isn't similar. Patrick Ewing and Kevin Garnett, very similar, actually. But uh, Kim Elijah, nobody was similar to that guy. <laughs> nobody the most unique uh, center of all time. When I think of the Rockets, I think of those Rockets. I don't think of this yucky team who's never going to win a championship. Uh, I don't care how big James Harden's beard is. I don't care how many travels he likes to make and, and not get called. I don't care how many chips on his shoulder Russell Westbrook has because, boy, if he doesn't have a chip on his shoulder, I don't know who does. I don't really like people with a chip on their shoulder very much. Let's just leave that where that is. Uh, <laughs> not a big fan of that kind of behavior. Uh, but, you know, sometimes it's good on the court, but if you just leave it on the court, that's fine, I guess. Uh, bottom line, Rockets win by 20. James Harden gets his every call in the book. James Harden sleepwalks through the game and makes his 9 billion shots, and obviously he's a great player. Obviously, Russell Westbrook's a great player. They're going to put up great numbers. They'll, they'll never win anything, and I'll keep saying that. I think trading Clint Capella away was a mistake, actually. I do. I think that was a mistake. Clint, Clint Capella's damn good. Uh, if you just want to have small ball all the time, you're not going to win anything. Go ahead and tell me that's creative, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a fan of that, actually. I'd like to have a legitimate center on my roster. I think uh, you still need that. You can make your 9 million threes, but if you don't have any type of inside game, it's going to catch up to you someday, and you're not going to win jack. That's just my approach. Okay, Rockets win. Rockets win, Rockets win. They'll beat us, but they're not going to beat Milwaukee. They're not going to beat the Lakers. They're not going to beat the Lakers. I'll tell you that right here. They're not going to beat the Clippers either. Stable Center is probably going to host the entire Western Conference Final. That's my guess. But maybe uh, maybe uh, the the third seed with Denver there, the, the Joker, can say something about that, knock out one of the two. That would probably be the Clippers in that case. If uh, That would probably be the Clippers, yeah, making, uh, meeting each other in the second round where Rockets and Lakers. Bye, bye Houston. Just just seriously, bye. <laughs> bye, Houston. <laughs> Bye-bye. 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 Okay? <laughs> in the second round. If, if the Jazz don't uh, already take care of Houston, they're actually tied, if you can believe it. Jazz is really good this year without your, without your baby 
whatever his name is, <laughs> without your, your, I don't know what his nickname would be, but this, the Spanish Johnson over there, Spanish Magic Johnson, he's not there anymore. So, with that said, Wolves go 2-1 and one and then get dumped by the Houston Rockets, who will not win anything. I think I got my little mini rant out of the way there. With that said, we'll come back, get to some fan interaction. We'll hear from Wayne Hunt. We'll hear from others. I'd like to hear from Tanae again at some point very soon. Boy, I love the guy. Uh, welcome to the Pearl Mafia Hall of Fame as well. Talk to, talk to you in a second with fan interaction. We are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number three. Time to get to fan interaction at Wolves Explosion, at Wolves Explosion is a Twitter account. want to thank Tene and Levi Brown for retweeting the most recent show. They're both from New Zealand. Thank you guys very much. Episode 277, Beating the Buttheads. And that's what we did. And then Lakers, Pies, Browns. That would be Vince Germano out of Australia, Melbourne, Australia in his case. And, of course, we'll hear from Wayne Hunt as well from the Courtside Podcast and Stu Benson. So the whole Courtside Podcast will be a part of this show today, obviously, <laughs> which is going to be awesome. Courtside Podcast, highly recommended, the best basketball show on the planet. All out of Australia, Wayne Hunt is from Sydney. Vince Germano is from Melbourne. Stu Benson is from Sydney. The second richest man in Sydney. Yep, I got it like that. Uh, uh, both Stu and Vince are Laker fans. Wayne Hunt is a Grizzlies fan, a Memphis Grizzlies fan, of course. Big fans of the NBA, though it's an NBA show. They talk about their teams, but generally speaking, they talk about the whole NBA. So we'll hear some Timberwolves talk when we're in the news or just conversations is brought up or I comment about something and get things going, this and that. I comment or uh, uh, Tanae Brown or, or Levi possibly comment because uh, we're, we're all fans of that show. Courtside podcast on all the same... Applications I mentioned for this show, Apple, Google, Spotify, I believe it's on Spotify, iHeartRadio for sure, and TuneIn Radio, it could go on forever, you know, all the other different applications out there, you can listen to podcasts, Stitcher and such, so yeah, do definitely check that out, it's the best basketball show on the planet, bar none. Thank you guys for the retweets. I think there's one interaction on Twitter, sometimes I'm active, sometimes I'm not, or sometimes I get tweets, sometimes I don't. This one is from Tanay, and I know it's here. There it is, Jordan McLaughlin. Dane Moore basically tweeted out, if you don't watch the Timberwolves but watch the NBA, Jordan McLaughlin has been playing like the best player you've never heard of, not just tonight but for a month. And Yeah, absolutely. I like him a lot, getting the steal there, putting the ball up for the alley-oop to... That was James Johnson. Great play. James Johnson, great play for Jordan McLaughlin. He's got a good game. Forcing the steal, driving to the hoop. Nope, that time he actually <laughs> he kind of faked it out. He went out and then back in. Gotta love what he does. He's, he's got a high IQ. Uh, he can do a little bit of everything. He can hit some threes. He can set other players up. Beautiful, silky alley-oop to James Johnson. Obviously great play. Now this was retweeted with comment, of course, from Danae Brown. He says, McLaughlin quickly becoming one of my favorites. This team has a different vibe to them. It's nice, to, it's nice that they have two good wins, but even in the losses, I'm still enjoying watching. And me too. And me too. You get to see the Blue Fox out there. And of course... The backup point guard, Jordan McLaughlin, can play in this league. Uh, what a nice find. Gerson Rosas, you're doing a good job. He's, he's, he's doing a good job. Obviously, the win-loss record isn't great. 
just people in towns basically saying Ryan Saunders is not an NBA coach. Well, I mean, give it time. We'll see. Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. Maybe he is. I, I don't know. I don't think he's that bad. I don't think he's that bad. I, I I don't know what to say at the end of the day. I mean, nobody's perfect, obviously. I'm not seeing decisions that are like, what the bleep is he doing? I'm not necessarily really seeing that. Uh, sometimes you said that more with a guy who was getting $10 million a year. I don't think Ryan Sanders is making $10 million a year, but the previous coach was. Uh, $10 million a year. And it got a little bit funky out there at times. So there you go. Thank you for that. Jordan McLaughlin, again, one of the better players this past week and again the past month. He's really come come coming around in a big way. So the most recent show was put on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. Facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. So now we move on. Alan Crabb was released. So I had a feeling, yeah, obviously we're not going to re-sign him, and now he gets a chance to possibly uh, jump on a team for their playoff roster for some outside shooting. We'll see what happens there. So Alan Crabb was waived by the Timberwolves. Wayne Hunt comments saying, I mean, he was part of a specific role in Portland and should have taken less for the court time. <laughs> but hey, take the money and don't come close to produce to producing anywhere else. He he played himself. Yep. I mean he he got the money, but then, you know, he kind of killed his role in the NBA. I just get sick of teams signing bad players like they are miraculously going to turn it around because they sign with their franchise. If they have been in the league five plus years and can't be productive, then the chances are bleep, basically. I don't disagree with that at all. He says, oh, thank God. Oh, okay, this was actually first. I don't know why Facebook does this now. It puts the newer comment below, or the the older comment below, which is really dumb. He says, oh, thank God. Oh, oh, thank God. He had a stint in Portland. He had an okay stint in Portland, got paid in Brooklyn, and then nothing. And yeah, that's pretty much what happened. He was very good in uh, Portland and hasn't done anything since. Randy Santana, also out of Australia, says he was stinking the place up. It's bad enough the whole team stinks of steaming shit without old stale crab juice cock blocking our chance at landing a decent free agent. Whew, boy, that was intense. But yeah, I, I don't disagree with that because that was a lot of money, obviously, and it's off the books now. So or at least it will be. At least it will be uh, heading into next season. So, yep, he was an expiring contract. And all right, all right. <laughs> Got rid of Jeff Teague either way. Either way, Jeff Teague or uh, Alan Crabb are coming off the books which is good. So at least free up some space potentially here. See where we can go with that. I was saying, dear NBA players, stop milking every injury you have. Unbelievable. And no, I'm not talking about Carl Anthony Towns on this one yet. But maybe you could have before with the knee. I have no idea what was going on with his knee, but I don't know. I mean, no league, no league milks injuries longer than the NBA. I'm sorry. No league does. And you can't really argue with that. Wayne Hunt, when it comes to visitor posts, love these. It's good stuff. He says, just a question for the next show. It must be, what, five years for Towns in the NBA now? And although Wolf fans are excited for the potential of next season, let me ask this. What development have we seen from him lately? I can't say I've seen a ton. I can't say I've seen a ton, honestly. Um, and I'm, you know, and it's like, maybe like people are unsubscribing or whatever, unfollowing the Twitter or unliking the Facebook page. I mean, I believe the numbers fluctuate at times, this and that. That's, that's life. Obviously, people come and go. And they're not going to agree with everything. I'm not wearing blue shades with the Timberwolves on it. I mean, you know, I, you got to be more open-minded. you got to be more willing to criticize here and there. And, well, his three-point shot came around the last year and a half or so. It's nice. But at the same time, the inside game has not improved. No. Uh, the instant game has not improved. The defense has not improved. 
both of those need to improve. And if this was a comment brought up by Corzo, I believe, on KFAN a couple days ago, if these guys truly, or no, this was uh, Gleeman. This was PA and Gleeman, actually, just yesterday. Paul Allen and Gleeman, just yesterday. Gleeman and the Geek Twins and all that. Yep, a lot of people know who he is, obviously. Uh, athletic writer now. Jeez, boy, I could, I'd kill for a job like that right now. Oh, get me out of where I'm at, that's for sure. Anything, man. Anything anything in the media would be beautiful. Full-time media job. Um, I digress. Back where I need to be. Uh, they're basically saying it. Yeah, I mean, somebody needs to get a hold of D'Angelo Russell and Carol Anthony Towns. And, yeah, you think everything's going to be all glitz and glory. Now you're together and you're the best ever and everything. But, no, you guys got to really prove it because there's a lot of doubters right now. There are a lot of doubters right now because of, like, do you guys ever play defense? And are you really focused on winning or are you just kind of out to have fun a little bit? Out to have fun and put up cool numbers and be on the team with your dogs, as Kevin Garnett would say. You know, that type of thing. Because if, if that's all it is, the, you're, the, the doubters are going to be right. So if you want to prove the doubters wrong, improve your defense. And, you know, play more of a clay. You know, just go out there and win. Go out there and win, baby. Play better defense. If you have to sacrifice two points a game or something to be a better defender and maybe set other players up, to be better as well, then maybe all your doubters will be wrong in a quick hurry. But right now, you know, there, there are going to be a lot of doubters, including ones locally throughout this town. And you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get up in their face and tell them how to how to think, because you know what? If you're not willing, if you're not willing to debate and criticize a little bit, I don't think you really, uh, I don't think you really know what you're talking about at the end of the day. I don't. Stu Benson from the Courtside Podcast, says, oh, he's averaging career high in points per game, 26.5, and assists per game, 4.5, which I appreciate. Both of those statistics do in a big way. And the points per game are coming off basically the same attempts he's taken his whole career. So he's getting more efficient. Yeah, yeah, his 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 offense is more efficient. I agree. But his rebounding is back down. Yeah, and I, that's the problem. The Wolves' rebounding has not been that good. Uh, especially now, holy crap! But uh, with even with him, it's back down to ten point eight for eighth in the in the league. Not too shabby, mind you. Which to me is a sign of him playing far, or playing too far from the rim. Amen, amen. That's the thing. Because if he was closer to the rim, yes, get some rebounds. And it is ironic too how when again Pekovich was there and Carl Anthony Towns flapped his wings and flew, he was averaging like seventeen rebounds a game when Pekovich was in there. I mean, so that's the interesting part. Um, whereas now it's just, yeah, I, I, I don't know what to say. It's just not happening. And again, he's just, he's only thinking about three pointers. It seems like you're not a shooting guard. God dang it. We don't want to have five, four or five players standing out on the perimeter. That's not basketball. That's not basketball. We're, this, this isn't Larry Bird saying who's taking second here at the three point contest, 1988 or whatever year it was. Nobody's taking second. Just go out there and <laughs> just go out there and play basketball inside and outside. Balance it a little bit. For crying out loud, that's bullcrap, isn't it? So, let's get back to where I need to be. Playing too far from the rim. He should be in the best big man conversation way more than he is. Way more. I agree, Stu. That's awesome. I just think he needs to flex on the to flex on the L and serve notice. He has it in him. And absolutely. Great comment, Stu. Great comment. That's a gold star for this show. That's a great comment. And thank you, Wayne, for generating the conversation, as you always do. You do an awesome job, and I appreciate that. And I'm going to try to comment more and more on your page as well for the Courtside Podcast. They love when Wayne, Stu, Vince, Tanae, 
I love when you guys post so much. Uh, Levi Brown as well. I just love when you guys post, uh, and and the others as well that I posted on here from Australia and locally and such. Man, I, I missed them. It's been a while. Nicholas Simon, man, gosh, I, I missed hearing from you, Nicholas Simon, if you're still out there. Hope, hopefully you still are. I know there have been a few. Uh, man, yeah, I missed some of you guys. I, uh, I do, absolutely. Um, Reese Padretti, guys like that. There's, there's many others as well that have posted on here for years. It's, it's, it's been a little while. Posterino, yeah, both of the Posterinos. I know the, yeah, both, yep. Uh, I'd love to hear from you guys again if I could, but uh, thank you, those of you that did comment here. So awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Always bringing good conversation to the show. And, of course, the way to get on with the audio submission is use the free voice recording application on any smart device on the planet. Just open it, click record, treat it like a phone call, save it, and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com paladinolive at yahoo.com that information will be in the show description for copy and paste or whatever you like to do this and that paladinolive at yahoo.com and then I will convert it into an mp3 file thanks to zamzar.com I'm willing to give them a free plug because it's a free service for me because it's such a small file and it helps my show greatly converting it into an mp3 because the editing software in this case audacity does not accept M4As, so you can quickly convert it in like seconds into an MP3, and boom, there it is. There's Tanae Brown. There's Vince Germano. Love hearing from you guys. Uh, hope to hear from you more and more and more. If it's audio, if it's text, one way or another, any form of interaction with this show is greatly, greatly appreciated. Final thing, if anybody out there can uh, write a positive review for Timberwolves Explosion on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, it's greatly, greatly, greatly appreciated. It's been a little while. It's been a little quiet, though... Some of, you, some of you maybe have as well in Australia or other parts of the world where I have to kind of move around and maneuver through iTunes. I have to go on iTunes and maneuver around. I'll check that again. But uh, hasn't happened lately from any country lately, so that's unfortunate. But uh, it doesn't show when I'm on the American side, which is really dumb. It should just show everybody. It's really dumb that they do that. I wish they'd fix that uh, and put it all in one because I think it should be. It'd make Timberwolves, it would show the Timberwolves explosion has more reviews than it does. Because locally it shows only like, what, 14 or something. Whereas really if you go worldwide, it's in the 20s. And frankly, it needs to be more. It needs to be a lot more. Right? It's a very low number of uh, ratings over the course of the years. I don't know why, but at least they've been good ratings. It's just been very quiet, even though there's a, a decent amount of listeners out there. I mean, we're talking like, it's like 0.0% <laughs> listeners have, 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 have posted reviews on, on Apple. So... And, well, Google has certainly helped as well. You can have an Android phone and listen to the show as well with the Google Podcasts and, of course, all those other applications like iHeart and such. Only makes the show better. Most makes the show branch out some more because other people like different interface from Apple or Google even as well. With that said, can't thank you guys enough. Hope you've enjoyed this week. I've enjoyed the hell out of talking Timberwolves with you. I always do. You guys are the absolute best. And... Enjoying the sunshine right now, even though it's still kind of cold out, but we're heading quicker and quicker to spring. It's a nice energy boost for me, and probably for others out there as well. We'll talk some more Timberwolves. Hope they continue their winning ways. Until then, take care.